You can hear me for miles and 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 miles. From Nine Mile Studios, beautiful Afton, Missouri. Welcome to the right way. Today we welcome incredible tattoo artist from Jester Graphics and all around interesting guy, Mike Snarzik. Weezy style. Say goodbye to the old guy Back cause I'm too fly to ever fall I'm Lane, Danny Danny's right over there, Danny Wright In the flesh uh, Silent Dave, welcome back He's waving everybody We've got uh, Superfan Steve in the building today Fact check, thank you very much for being here Stand in Steve And uh, very special guest Uh Somebody I've spent uh, some long nights with, uh, Mike Snarzik, uh, tattoo artist um, from Jester Graphics. Uh, thanks for being here with us, Mike. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Mike, was, I'm glad you said tattoo right after long nights because <laughs> it left it up to interpretation. It gets messy. Right <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No long nights, man. I've done. Uh, we've we've done some real work there at his. Uh, uh, in that chair, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. No, uh, uh, yeah. So everybody compliment me on all my great work. Yeah. First your work. And then great. compliment Mike <laughs> sure. on his great work. No, um, uh, yeah, Mike, thank you for taking the time out of your day. No problem. Uh, that's way out there. And, uh, what, what town is that again? Uh, I'm tattooing out of Winfield right now. Um, originally through St. Charles. So it's right around the St. Charles area, St. Charles, Missouri. And you grew up in, uh, O'Fallon? Yeah, I was born in St. Louis, lived on the south side for a little while, and then moved out to St. Peter's, and then lived in O'Fallon pretty much my whole entire life. Okay. Uh, Winfield is a place that I'd never really heard of before uh, Before I got turned on to you, uh, uh, Jester Graphics, um, which is like 30 minutes off of 70 over there. Yeah, it's more like 15. 15 yeah. minutes. It feels, 15 like, minutes. feels like longer than that. Yeah, if you're driving behind somebody going real slow, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I drive 80 everywhere I go. So, so. Uh, how's, uh, how's business these days? Uh, business is good. You know, it slows down a little bit. Uh, summer, like towards the end when everybody's trying to like cram in their vacations and cram in their swimming and stuff, it slows down just a little bit. And then right at the beginning of fall, sometimes it slows down for a couple weeks. But normally I'm booked like a couple weeks out, so... I stay busy. It's um, all about sales. And uh, we can see why you stay busy. Uh, we're looking at some of your work right here. Um, Stand by Steve is uh, showing some of your uh, more recent posts. Man, that's good. Can, hey, tell me about that Damn. one. What is this one here? Okay, so this one was on a girl named Amanda Allen. She had a son that had passed away after birth and she has a mother that passed away also so this was a memorial piece towards them um she basically was wanting to pull in the native american aspects of her family and the looks and things like her all her sisters and everybody they all look like indian so she we basically sat down in a design consultation and we went through all these different faces and all these looks and these eyes and things and then we wanted the baby to have wings so we put the baby in there with the wings and uh at, originally i drew the face on the baby and me being a male and not like connecting with this issue that she has, you know, I didn't realize that having a face on the baby would be an issue, you know, so she didn't want to have the face on the baby because it meant 
that it like I don't know. I guess it it, it meant more to not have the face, you know, right. what I mean? I than it would that. to just have a face that's not his face, which right. makes a lot of sense. So. It's weird, you know, when you sit back and you look at tattoos, like there's so much that really goes into them that people just don't even realize, you know. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite things about Mike, and this is why I will continue to go back to Mike, is, uh, is like he said, the consultation, working with you, uh, coming up with an original idea. Right. Um, and, it, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you work through it and you come up with exactly what you want. Definitely. I, I feel like I'm a lot different than most other tattoo artists. I feel like you go into a tattoo shop, you get a tattoo, you're sitting there, the guy's usually never talking to you. You don't have anything to do. You're just like stuck trying to look at your phone with one hand. Like when you come in and see me, like I feel like I'm down to earth. I talk to people. I'm friends with a lot of the people that I tattoo on. Um, I'm real personable. I'm not all about money. Like I'm willing to work with people when it comes to money and things like that. So, but just the fact that I sit there and like I have conversations with you the entire time, I have stuff for you to do there. It's like, Damn. I think it's a way better atmosphere than most tattoo artists. And, and that work you do is sick. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. I love. I, love I try my best. Yeah, that um, one was cool. And and uh, I'm I I don't know if everybody hey, knows. Rewind that, Stephen. I don't know if everybody knows this about you. Um, it's very it's very apparent when you see it. Um, you okay? So so a lot of tattoo artists, and I'm sure that you'd agree with this. They they specialize in a certain type of art. That's clever. Um, you specialize in a very specific type of tattooing right. that you can't get a lot of uh, that you can't find a lot of really good artists in and that's portraits right. you do portraits, portraits really yeah, well. I do a lot of portraiture um faces eyeballs anything that looks super realistic or hyper realistic is what i want to get into if you came to me and you're like uh i'm gonna give you artistic freedom you're probably gonna get like a really pretty female face with like a lot of emotion either like a crying or happy or distraught emotion. or like taking a cum shot <laughs> it could be like, like yours <laughs> that was definitely the oh, most, one that. of the I most awkward design consultations i ever had oh. was sitting with lane and looking through different facial photos like of Dude, girls getting what, what did i tell you when i went in there do you remember uh yeah you said you know i want a girl like kind of has her mouth open and like she's kind of like looking up with her tongue out like and you didn't really explain it like it was a sexual position that i didn't know that's what you wanted but i was like oh, okay i kind of know what you want like maybe as if she was having smoke coming out of her mouth you know what i mean i didn't realize you were talking about that and so we started looking at the photos so then it kind of turned into just us straight looking at porn for a moment and i'm like what the fuck i'm like this is super awkward let's just go into like models and blowing smoke out of their mouth like we probably find a prettier girl with a better look on her face instead of somebody that's just like looks like she's got mascara running on Lane just wanted to make it awkward. Yeah, well, it was awkward. Well, for it, it, for it, sure. it, and then it became uh, a girl um, yeah. with a with a snake in front of yeah. her face. And uh, we originally just, started with just the face. Right. Then we started adding the stars and things like that. Most of this was all right off the top of our heads. Um, I think he had an idea of what he wanted, and then I kind of just turned it into what I thought was yeah. the best for him. There <sighs> definitely wasn't a picture of what I have anywhere. Yeah, Mike, sure. Mike uh, was uh, artistic enough to. Uh, to draw up something that I really yeah. like. So I'm pretty good at like on the fly type of things. I originally learned in prison. So it's like there, you don't have time to just sit around and bullshit. You have to like figure it out, draw it, get it on there and get it done quick before you get caught up. So right. I'm quick on my feet. <clears throat> um, tell me uh, here, this, this is one of my favorite, more recent ones that you've done. <clears throat> uh, what is this? that? We're so this at? is a, um, it's a cover up on a guy that when he was younger, he was in a gang and he had, 
uh, something boy on his arm. I can't remember what the other one was. Island boy. Island, yeah, island boy. On his <laughs> island arm. boy. The island boy. Uh, yeah. So he had something, and then the one that I covered up was the boy on that side. So I used the mask. He said he wanted to do like a Japanese samurai type of mask. I like to do female faces, so I thought, hey, let's go look for some models that are like maybe peeking out behind like a mask or something. I found one that was turned in the right angle. I took that, then I redid the eyes a little bit to my own liking, and then I took the mask that he's had, and I looked around for like uh, actual photograph of samurai masks that I liked, and I picked that one. Then I turned it into a design, and I put an outline on them, and then basically all the shading and stuff that you see, I do right off the top of my head. So you'll just see like little bits of lines, like where the nose is, and in the teeth, and the rest of the shading and everything is just straight off the dome. That's really good. <clears throat> so really good. Thanks. You drew a lot as a kid yeah and this guy came to me with like 300 bucks normally i would charge a lot more Get money the fuck out of here. yeah he came to me with about 300 dollars. he wasn't prepared uh he didn't know how much it was going to be but i'm not like a caught up type of person if you're coming into me i want to put something on you that i like to do i'm not i want to sit there and just put some bullshit on you i want to put something on you that i'm like man this is dope and everybody will see it i'm more about the finished product than i am like trying to make you sit there for hours and set you up with three different that's sessions in, that's insane i did though, that man. all in about three hours right there and oh my uh, god three i just hours. i only charged him that 300 bucks but you know people tip and a lot of people even though they don't have the amount of money for me right then and there a lot of them cash at me throughout the next couple of weeks he he's already sent me like another 150 dollars on it so but i just like the work you know i like the post put it on there and it looks awesome I'm sure that guy was just like, couldn't, just ecstatic. I mean, where could he have gone? He couldn't have gone anywhere and gotten that. No. No, no. definitely. The they would have charged him crazy. Well, the quality of work is, is worthy, worthy of being charged a crazy amount. Yeah. And then you're, man. Thanks. You know, it took me a really long time just to yeah, realize I that, that I was actually pretty good at tattooing. Yeah, uh, uh, that that guy that uh, Danny just said, we're looking at Mike's Facebook page here. Mm. Uh, Mike's uh, friends with Sean Woodson. Yeah. Uh, he's going to actually be a guest on the show next week. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Sean Woodson, the UFC fighter, uh, one of St. Louis's own, and you'll, yeah. you'll be tattooing him soon. Yeah, I should be tattooing him soon. We've been talking. We're going to do a design consultation. He's just not real sure on what he wants yet, but we're going to come up with something sick. And I'm going to kill it because I want it to be on TV. <laughs> <clears throat> um, let's see. What's this next one that you have here? Ah, yeah, this is great. So this is a girl named Kelly. She works at the goat house. She's um, Hot. she's a bartender. Definitely. <laughs> um, and she has a full sleeve of basically like I have a Statue of Liberty. I've got a lot. It's a lot of American themed. Uh, it's mostly just hyper realistic work really <clears throat> um so uh a lot a lot of uh patriotic, yeah, patriotic kind of stuff, yeah. uh do you, you she's you uh, actually in the military which is why she's oh right that's yeah. why she's yeah, she, i guess <laughs> that's why she's fit probably yeah i hear you uh, yeah so you said you learned a tattoo in uh, prison yeah like it doesn't seem like the most uh the best place to learn because if you fuck up on a guy in there <laughs> well things can go a little south not really because i'm big and i throw my hands well so it's not really a problem for me like a lot of smaller guys go in there and they got to worry about stuff like that i went in there throwing hands so i really didn't have those problems so like that's where you first <clears throat> tattooed was in that, prison? the very first tattoo i ever did <clears throat> was on a friend of my cousin's and i swear i had the needle going out like a freaking inch long 
and it took me like six hours to do this little bitty five minute tattoo because I didn't know what I was doing. And then I did, I think I did two tattoos on the streets and then I ended up going to prison and uh, I was just sitting there one day drawing a portrait of a guy named Shane Lynch's daughter. And somebody came up to me and they're like, hey, man, do you know how to tattoo? And I'm like, I've uh, done a tattoo. I don't know how to tattoo. But he was like, shit, if you can draw like that, you can tattoo. I'm going to go build you a tattoo machine. I was like, go ahead. I'll, I'll tattoo on you. So so uh, um, I I have lots of questions about that. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so coming from a guy who's, who's never done time other than uh, the Justice Center, which is just a miserable place to yeah, be. Uh, not, I don't think many tattoos are done at the justice center but uh tell, tell me about the process of doing a tattoo in prison okay so basically in prison, and then tell me about making hooch okay i can do that too. No, okay <laughs> yeah, I can do that too. so uh, i mean in prison you basically somebody will come up to you they want a tattoo they probably seen your work or something a lot of people in their tattoo not a lot of people are good they're like horrible the uh, style of tattooing in prison is mostly like what they call drawing which is an actual style of tattooing. It's called drawing. And it uh, just looks like a drawing more more than anything. Like they'll put like a straight line and then on next to it, they'll put a negative space like skin color. And then they'll add like shading next to that, which is kind of completely different than my style. Uh, you would actually shade off the line and make it look completely 3D. Um, so in there, <clears throat> basically, you just are hiding from the, the COs the entire time. So you'll get off in the cell, you'll to make the ink, you burn soot, like with baby oil or Vaseline, something like that. You'll make a candle, collect the soot, then you'll take a green menin deodorant, and you'll squeeze all of the liquid out of that menin deodorant with like a sheet or something like that. And then you'll put those two components into a bottle, you shake it up, and that'll make an ink. Um, you also use that same deodorant to apply the pattern from the pen it'll actually suck the ink from the pattern that you draw with a regular ink pen and it'll apply it to the skin kind of like uh, my tattoo um, stencil stuff would do like how when I put your pattern on your arm so that happens I mean to build a machine you're breaking down a um, like a CD player or a beard trimmer and you'll take the motor out. It's got a negative and a positive wire you'll connect those negative and positive wires to a longer like a headphone wire you'll break them off on the ends and then you'll connect that to like four double a or triple a batteries whichever ones you have or you could use a 12 volt which is way too high <clears throat> just for the speed and then after you do that you'll take like a toothbrush and you'll melt it and you'll put it around the motor and then you'll get like a big pen and you'll break it down you'll take the insert where the ink goes in and you'll heat that part up and you'll stretch it and that kind of makes like a tube with like a real sharp point on the end and you'll clip it with your fingernail clippers and then you'll take a big lighter spring and you'll heat it up and you'll stretch it out and it'll make it real straight then you'll heat it up orange and you'll pull it real tight and it'll pop it and when it pops it like that it pops it at a really sharp point and if you don't do it any other way, you'll have like a real dull point, which will tear people's skin up. So you want to make sure that that's got a real sharp point on it and doesn't have any kind of barbs on it so it doesn't tear people up. It's kind of a flimsy spring, so you can actually use that to do pretty much everything that you would use in the natural tattoo world out here. Um, you wouldn't have to change to a shader. You're just using that one single needle to do everything on the skin. Um, so yeah, I, I know that they do, uh, all these programs, uh, to, to give, uh, people like job training in, in prison. So you learned to tra you learned how to become an electrician, obviously, while yeah, you were in prison. I mean, technically, yeah. <laughs> if you look at it like that, they do actually have some Who taught you like all that. that shit? That is um, really complicated. To be honest, I figured it all and, and out And you, you explained the whole thing, like, yeah. wow, man. That's, yeah. 
I figured it all out myself, just sitting there messing with it. Uh, somebody had handed me one. I kind of looked at it, tore it apart, broke it down myself, and put it all back together and figured out how to do it myself. Thanks. Uh, <clears throat> uh, thank, thank you very much. Uh, Stand by Steve, bringing us, uh, bringing us the beers. Uh, this episode sponsored by Fire. Goose Island. Is it really? Three, one, two. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, so you had to teach yourself how to do all that while Absolutely. you were Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, in there, other tattoo artists are basically out here. They're just like sticking a needle and uh, a little... <clears throat> they don't want to teach you anything, you know, because they want to keep all the money and all the clients to themselves, which is understandable. It's business. But uh, you just kind of got to like get in there and get it in. There's plenty of people in there that'll just let you scribble on them until you figure out what you're doing. Luckily enough, I was go so good at art myself that going into it, I figured it out fairly quickly and my art was so good that it just looked naturally better than most people's. Um, so, uh, as, as far as, so obviously, uh, you can, you can create whatever from, from anything, you know what I mean? Basically, you, you can, yeah. you, you can build your own, uh, equipment, uh, tattoo technology, uh, how, uh, is, how is it advanced? It's very similar to the prison style nowadays because uh they used to have coil machines where you have two copper coils you have some steel and you have electricity negatively and positively flowing through it which cause it to bounce up and down and cause a magnetic reaction which make the armature bar and everything bounce which cause the needle to bounce nowadays we have the uh motor and it's a rotary motor so you have like uh ball bearings on the inside with the negative and positive magnetic flow causes it to spin and with it spinning like that that will actually make a cartridge needle on a spring bounce up and down um uh what's what's some of the technology that uh that 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 you like that uh you didn't have access to before wireless obviously oh, man, must be wireless nice. is great it's yeah great. and and Just, is that does that hold up Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they're still dealing dealing with, you know, how your phone, your battery, if you charge it too much, your battery starts to get shit. So it's it the same last thing. That yeah. Long. I mean, it it does. It does. It lasts. And if you're doing it and taking care of it the proper way, which I don't, you know, I like to like just plug the fucking thing in and just not, you know, come back into work, unplug it. So I spent a lot of money on batteries and different things like that. But if I was just, you know, around long enough to let it charge and stuff and take it off at times, it would work a lot better. But. I just like to buy brand does, new stuff. Does this art translate to anything else? Like, did you play instruments or anything oh, like that growing man. up? No, I sing. You sing? Um, I've sang my whole life. I've drawn. Uh, I don't know. I've been, I'm one of those people that just, for some reason, naturally become good at pretty much everything I do, it feels like. It's not like I try to be. It's just, it. like, I'll look at how somebody I think is really doing really well, and then I will try to mimic that, and then it end, ends up working really well for me. For some reason, except for the singing, just I kind of like just grew up singing. My sister sang a lot. My mom played a lot of good music when we were kids, and I just naturally formed a voice. I feel like right on. So your family's kind of artistic, is like uh, not so much. My sister, yeah, <clears throat> and my nieces and nephews seem to have picked that up a lot, especially from me and my sister and stuff. Yeah. Right on. Um, so uh, so portraits are are um. It's 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 really cool that you're good at portraits because, like mm. I said, I don't I don't think a lot of people no are, no you know so so you're really good at uh, something that you you don't uh, that's hard to find um, right what uh what uh, do you use color a lot is that uh, I do use color I don't use it a lot I would like 
if it was up to me, I would add a little bit of color into every tattoo that I do, just a little bit. You know what I mean? Like maybe one color or two colors. Yeah. But as my portraiture is getting better, I'm starting to use um, like flesh tone colors and things like that, which actually help it look more 3D. And so it takes it from being black and white into being like a semi-color portrait as well. Holy shit. <clears throat> yeah, those are dope. Freddy Krueger. Man, that's got to be tough. There's a lot of detail in There's Freddy Krueger's face, there, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, actually going to be doing another Freddy Krueger, uh, I think, next week. How long so. does something like that take? Something like that would probably two, be two sessions around eight hours because you're getting about... I mean, that's if you're taking your time and doing it correctly. I mean, I could slap that on somebody in like four hours if I wanted to do it and it wouldn't be as great. But, you know, if you really I like to take my time. It's not about the money, really. It's about the finished product, really. Uh, me and Stephanie, I was uh, this past Halloween. That's I was gonna... I was Freddy Krueger. She was Chucky. Oh, and awesome. uh, we didn't look that good, though. Are you that's guys, guys going to get matching tattoos? Uh, <clears throat> it's not on the list of things to do yet. <laughs> But uh, I think me yeah, and you will. Know. We we probably will. <laughs> you know, and if they always go south or something, I can always cover it up. I'm like <laughs> yeah, there super you go. Cover up. So. Uh, have you ever covered up uh, one of your own? Has uh, my own tattoos yeah. that I've done? Yeah, actually, yeah, I have. <laughs> I had some lady that comes in. She's like always on pills. I feel like or something. She lies in the paperwork and always says she's like completely fine, but she just seems totally messed up to me when she does stuff. Maybe that's just how she is. I don't know. But she came in and had a cover up. I was doing a cover up on some somebody else's work. Then I covered that up and she loved it. And she left and came back like a month later and was like, I don't love this. I want to put something else over. <laughs> so I completely changed it from what it was into a full color flower. She wanted the color flower. She picked out the colors and everything and then left and came back like probably two months later and hated the color purple all of a sudden and which was like the main color she picked for the freaking tattoo so i had to go back in and she had like laser removed where all the purple was and tried to say that it had gotten infected and i, I could and she's like got her botox and her lips done and all that stuff so i know she got oh, it she money you could spend, tell she though. got it laser removed because it was like i can tell when people get laser removed stuff but uh yeah she got it laser removed and i'm like you got this thing like laser removed it's all burnt up and stuff and i'm and she's trying to say it got infected or something that she had gotten staff because she's a nurse and i'm like okay well whatever however it goes i'll fix it for you so then i went in and turned it into a completely different flower and a completely different color so but uh yeah she's she's one of the weird ones for sure <laughs> i would imagine you get a lot of weird ones no nah, i mean i do get some people you know it's mostly just people that you know nowadays day and age like people go from zero to a hundred with anger like they don't like try to chill and just talk through things with people anymore they like freak the fuck out you know what i mean they start snapping and tripping on you and it's like i'm like the nicest guy when it comes to shit like this like i'm i offer all my touch-ups for free i'm willing to bring you in for a whole session to fix things you don't like like i'm not gonna charge you i just want it to look good and you to be happy like i'm not worried about the money you know what i mean I love making the money. It's great, but I make a lot of money, so it's not a big deal. You know, I like to make sure that my clients are happy. So, but they'll freak out on me like it's got to be a confrontation first. You know what I mean? It's never got to be that way. Like, yeah, this isn't the Walmart customer yeah, service. I had a girl freaking out on me yesterday, matter of fact, for the first time in like a year. I had somebody tripping on me and she texted me like, hey, can we fix this since it got all botched up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, botched up? I said, why do you got to disrespect the artwork? Why wouldn't you just call me and ask? 
ask me, you know, if I'll do something to it or help it, you know, why do you got to talk shit about the artwork? You don't have to do that. You know, I said, I can't really control whether or not you're putting lotion on the tattoo or scheduling your touch up appointment, which I offer for free. She's asking how much it would cost. I'm trying to give it to her for free. Then she comes back to me like, fuck you. Thank you for leaving me with a fucked up tattoo. And I'm like, did you not hear what I just said? I literally just said I would do it. I would fix it for you for free. And you're freaking out on me now. You know what I mean? And it was like, Jesus. Speaking of uh, touch-ups, that's another area where where people uh, uh, approach it wrong. Because there's kind of a timeline for a lot of that stuff. And people jump the gun, maybe. Or think that... uh, Because don't don't you... you, I mean, what's a a good amount of time? Like, I knew I had to uh, let this one... Uh, like cure for. I mean, quite a good amount time, of times. Right? A good Before. amount of times about a month. Okay. You want to wait about a month to six weeks to really let it heal. Because if I go back in and it's not healed, you're gonna have a horrible healing process. It's gonna tear your skin up twice as much as it would if I was just doing it fresh. And the thing about a tattoo is they're never actually finished. Like there's so much more that you can do to even a finished tattoo that I can't do all in one session. I can't like there's just so many other details. I can only work so much in an eyeball and add black here and add shading around the iris and everything and do all those things without causing so much trauma to the skin. And then if you were to come back, I can make that thing look even more 3D and have a whole session. Yeah, but not the next weekend. No, you wouldn't want to come back the next weekend. No, you wouldn't come back about six weeks later. But I just always tell people like tattoos are never actually finished. Like there's so much more you can do to them. It's always ever evolving. Um, have you ever, uh, participated in like a, uh, tattoo convention or show? I've never done a tattoo convention or show. I've never gone and done that. No, but like in prison, we used to like, you know, we would all come together like different artists and be like, listen, we're going to all like do these and see who's like the best and like have everybody on the art kind of like sit there and decide whose was the best you so know that's I mean? that's yeah. where you've done a show yeah i've person. done something that's like cool. that it's kind of weird but yeah <laughs> we've done some stuff like that but when i was younger actually um when i was in elementary school and into middle school and into high school somehow the saint charles art fair kept getting hold of my works of art and they would enter them into these contests and stuff they would just ask me write me a letter to my parents and me and ask me if they could enter my art into the art fair and I was actually winning against people that were in college and stuff which is kind of how I realized that I was like getting good at what I was doing I just really I just thought it was like my parents like praising me I didn't think I was that good and then I started winning like art fairs and stuff and I was like damn I guess I am good like um uh how often uh, do you have to uh, say no to a tattoo? Like, no, I'm not going to do it for um, any reason. I don't know. Maybe it's in a bad place on them or maybe it's a subject matter you don't want to work with. I don't really usually say no unless it's like some kind of racist shit. I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't do like uh, like a lot of but, people but you have ask me. said no. Oh, yeah. Before. Like in prison for sure, because people want you to put swastikas and bolts and bullshit on them. I don't do all that shit. I just, you know, I'd rather stay out of all that and stay away from it. There's other people that'll do it. Go holler at them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there's yeah. not, there's not going to be the same detail in that swastika, though, if somebody else does. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for real, though. Honestly. That'll be the best looking one ever. Uh, hey, Mike. Yeah. Um, wanted to ask you uh, about Mike. Yeah. Mike, so, uh, me. so, so you're from uh, O'Fallon, right? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, um, you uh artist yes and uh you did plenty of art in uh in prison 
Absolutely, yeah. Uh, how much time did you spend in prison? Oh, I've done 10 years. All um, in one go? Uh, no, not all in one go. I mean, I did like five, and then I did like three, and then I did like just a little over two. Okay. Same, same bit, 12-12? No, I still have probation and parole over my head for the next four and a half years right. as long as I'm good. You know, which I am good, so... Um, so, uh, you have some pretty interesting stories. I've, uh, like I said, I've, uh, spent a lot of time with Mike, uh, uh, getting work from him, told some pretty interesting stories, man. Really interesting stuff. Yeah. I've had a crazy life. That's for sure. Um, uh, the scar. Yeah. My scars. Um, I was stabbed in prison. I had my throat slit, my ear chopped off, uh, in a fight. Mm, probably been in like. I don't know, maybe like 40, 50 fights in prison. I mean, I just want to rewind this back. You, you got stabbed in prison, but your, your throat was slit? I got my throat slit. I got stabbed, my throat slit, and my ear chopped. Uh, just just so just so people know, uh, Danny's never met Mike, yeah. and he asked him specifically about his scar. Mike, uh, Mike, anybody can see clear as day, mm. uh, across the whole side of your uh, neck up yeah. towards your chin. Is a pretty gnarly uh, scar. Yeah, it's almost seven inches or something once it's stretched. If you don't mind me asking, what, what, what was why? Okay, so I mean, uh, in the penitentiary system right now, everybody's basically smoking this K two shit, and it's just fake weed stuff sprayed on paper. So you basically take off like the very corner of a piece of paper, like the smallest little piece of paper you can clip off, like if you were to clip off your fingernail. About that size is enough to get like three or four people really fucked up to where they don't even know who they are. And uh, everybody's kind of smoking that shit. And I had a guy that I was about to tattoo on, ended up going to the hole for smoking it and coming out and having an episode where they freak out and stuff. And uh, I had some money of his, just that like $25 or something, I was charging him for this small tattoo. And, uh, then something happened where they found the Mike Brown uh, cop not guilty or something. So they were trying to f stage a protest in the wing to not let white guys on the phone because it's kind of racial in the penitentiary yeah. system. So oh, no way. me having a wife and a baby sitting at home waiting on me to call, I'm going to get on the fucking phone whether somebody wants me to or not. So I waited out there politely asking people who was in line on the phone and they kept on, you know, like, uh, 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 this dude, this dude, this dude trying to basically look for their homies to put them on the phone and not let me on the phone. So I waited till the other guy got off and I went over and I got on the phone and uh, the guy came over to me and he's like, Hey man, I'm next on the phone. And I'm like, all right, cool. You can have it after me. And he's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have it after me. And he's like, no, nah, this is a blood phone. And I'm like, no, nah, this is a telephone. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, ah, oh, fuck you. I said, fuck me. I was like, oh, what do you want to go to the cell or something? You want to go upstairs and go to the cell? And he's like, something, he's trying to go upstairs and go put his shoes on and something. And I was like, listen, man, whatever kind of clothes you got up in your cell that you're about to put on, it's not going to save you from this ass whooping. So you might as well just come on down here. So he ended up coming down to the cell. He came in. I like threw a kick to his midsection, hit him with an uppercut, put him in a guillotine. I choked him out in my floor and left him on the ground. Well, his buddies tried to come in and my buddy came up from behind him and pushed him into the cell. So we got to fighting them other two dudes. And we ended up beating these dudes up. They ended up leaving out of the cell. Well, I went out to the handball court, and I was playing handball, and this other guy came up to me. And uh, he's like, oh, dude, there's a guy in the hole. Like, you can see the hole. 
it's in another house and it's across the way and you kind of yell through the windows. Well, they have like a head guy up in there that's like a blood or whatever. And he's like a head guy or whatever. So he starts screaming at me through the window. Well, the one guy was telling me to go talk to him. <clears throat> so I'm like, yeah, when I'm done with my handball game. So he tried to like take his shirt off and try to act tough. And he's like, hold this, hold this. So I'm like, hold on, hold this. And I threw my shirt to my homie and I ran over trying to throw hands on him. And he kept backing up away from me. And uh, then a CEO came around the corner and asked if we were cool. So I was like, yeah, we're cool. And then I got mad and I stormed off over to the hole to talk to this guy. So when I went down to the hole, I started talking to this dude and he's, I'm explaining to him what's going on. And he, uh, He's on my side about it. He's, you know, he's thinking that they're just kind of jumping the gun on everything. And uh, you were talking to to like the representative, yeah, for basically their guys. like one of their shot callers or whatever. So, and I know them all. You know, I've been in prison for ten years. I know most of them, and I tattoo on most of them. So I'm cool with pretty much everybody. You know what I mean? I'm not a racist type of guy, but you know, they force you into these situations where it's like you're battling against a whole group of people, and you're just one person. You know, so it's kind of like hectic. So then another guy was like, what's up? What, what, you want me to throw hands on him? Blah, blah, blah. And it was just some guy standing there with like two of his boyfriends or whatever. And uh, <clears throat> so I tried to fight that dude. And he didn't want to fight either. So, you know, a lot of people like 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 to run their mouth. But when it comes time to like throwing hands, they don't want to do it. So I ended up walking off and I was telling him, you know, we were talking about the money that was owed from the one guy. And I was cool with paying except for the fact that he owed one of my homeboys $75 for some K2. So I was like, well, hold up, dude owes money for this K2, you know what I'm saying? So until that gets squared away, I'm not squaring nothing away, you know what I mean? And he's like, all right, yeah, that's cool. Well, little Jimmy, the dude that he owed money to, didn't tell me that he had paid him that morning. So we could have just, like, not had this whole situation happen, you know what I mean? So I ended up going in, and uh, the dude that came up to me, and he's like, what's up, man? I want to talk to you, the dude that uh, I had beat up over the phone. <clears throat> and he was like, I'm here to collect that money for PA, and he grabbed me by my arm and he tried to like take me to myself. So I ripped my arm away, like, get the fuck off me. And he's like, uh, I'm like, who the fuck are you? I don't even know you. Whenever dude gets out of the hole, I'll pay him his money. I'm not just going to hand you somebody's fucking money. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense that I would hand somebody somebody else's money <clears throat> without getting a kite or some kind of informative information to like give it to this person. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you're just handing somebody's money to somebody else. So he decided he was going to get all mad. And I said, well, what do you want to do? You want to go in the cell? you know, so we could fight. <clears throat> and he's like, no, I'm not going to bend over backwards for it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, then get the fuck out of my face. You know? So he ends up getting out of my face. Well, everybody got to talking the next session on wreck or whatever. And, uh, they had me like go in the gym and I had to talk to this other guy that came from the other side and he's like another shot caller dude. So he gets to run in his mouth. So I ended up having to fight this guy and I ended up guillotining that guy too. And he went to sleep on the gym floor and I ended up leaving. So now I'm thinking like they're going to like try to jump me or do something crazy. You know what I'm saying? Cause I've already beat up like four people now and nobody's helping me. Like none of the other organizations or the white organizations or anything are getting into it. You know, I'm not trying to ask for help. I'm just trying to beat up whoever I got to beat up. until this is all done and over with, you know what I mean? So I go back to the house or whatever. And the next day comes out and I knocked out a tattoo I was doing, came back out. They were about to call small yard. The dude came up to me. Uh, I got a note from PA saying I could give the money to the dude. I ended up giving the money to the dude. He ended, it was like $12.50 or something. You know what I mean? Something stupid, like some honey buns and some soups and shit, you know? And uh, I guess he thought that I should give it to him instead of the other dude I gave it to. I gave it to the head, the higher up guy. 
You know what I'm saying? So I gave it to him because I knew that dude and I knew he would get it to that guy. The other guy, I didn't know him at all. He had literally just done 20 something years. This guy that stabbed me, he did 20 years and was about to get out. But he then told on himself for another murder he committed so he didn't have to go home because he wanted to stay incarcerated. So he was already another conversation. Yeah, he's already trying to stay in prison basically so stabbing me was just the next thing to help him out you know so he came up to me and he's like hey man uh i want to talk to you blah 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 i talked to him i said listen man i'm not a racist guy i'm not in these gangs that's not me you know Uh, i was like you came to me and you snatched me up by my arm like i'm some kind of bitch and expect me to like follow you so i can give you some money and i'm not about that if you would came to me politely and asked me or talked to me about it i would have gave it to you you know what i'm saying i would have understood your position like hey man i'm an artist right no like hey bro (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to fight you know but yeah he fucking then he's like well what's up man do you do this heroin i'm like no i don't do heroin he's like you fuck with these g6s which is like um it's like a seizure seizure medication that people abuse in there i'm like no i don't do that he's like you fuck with that k2 i'm like no and he's like okay you don't fuck with nothing huh i'm like no and he's like all right then blah 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 and he act like everything was cool well i just can't i can read people really well so like i knew there was something up then uh, i had this tea in my hand i was about to go make it this jug of tea and they called small yard <clears throat> that's where they let you out into a fenced area and you hang out with all the people from your house you can't go out on the big yard with like general population they do that set times for set houses so when i went out to the yard i seen him and the dude i gave the money to standing there talking by the basketball hoop i seen a couple of my buddies that were asking me what was going on with their, all the fights and shit that i was getting into i kind of let them know what was going on. I looked over and I was pointing over to them and I seen they were talking. So I wanted to go over and ear hustle what they were talking about. After I did that, I walked over and I was kind of like standing about six feet from them trying to pretend like I was talking to my friends so I could hear what they were saying. They started talking real loud about something different. So I knew they were talking about me. Uh, As soon as that happened, a buddy of mine walked by who was on an orange vest. He's stuck in his room all day because he got in trouble. And he's like, hey, man, call my daughter. And I'm like, man, I don't want to call your daughter. That's weird. You know, what if she like gets on me or something? I don't want to do that. And he's like, no, man, I trust you. Just call her for me. He's like, you're the only dude I trust. So like, just call her. I'm like, all right. And then he's somebody was like, hey, man, look, they're about to get in a fight. So I looked over and there was two dudes about to get in a fight. I'm like, I was like, these two little dudes are going to go in there and slap each other and come out with red marks on them. They're not even going to get in a fight. You know, it's going to be nothing. And because I've already seen them argue with each other and talk crazy to each other in the wing. So I knew nothing was going to come of it. So I went to take a drink of my I have ADHD. So like sometimes I'll just do stupid shit. Like I'll keep trying to drink tea that's not in my fucking jug. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. I just do shit like that. So there was literally like a drop of tea in this thing. And I lifted it up and I was waiting for this drop to come out. And the guy's arm slid under my neck and slid backwards. And when it did, I thought maybe it was somebody like coming up and patting me on the side of the head and saying like, what's up or something. So I kind of just leaned down and laughed, like nervously laughed. And my friend next to me was like, ah, like hella loud. And I was like, oh shit. And then it sliced across my ear. Like he had grabbed the side of left side of my face and slid it across the side of my face again. And that's when I realized he was like slicing me with something. So I 
turned around. I you ended, didn't know that he was that close to you? I, he was behind me at the time, but he was about 10 or 15 feet away. So by the time they pointed to this, either that or it was a It was like a, like a distraction? Yeah, they made a distraction to where the dude could try to stab right. me, basically. So I was watching them while dude came up from behind me and stabbed me. Right. So I then turned around. He came at me. He's swinging this blade wildly with his right hand, and I'm, I fight southpaw. So every time he was swinging, I was kicking his lead leg out from under him, and he would hit the ground. So I wanted to like punch him in the face or something, but he was swinging so wildly, I knew he was going to cut my arms or grab me and start slicing. So I just kept kicking his midsection and kicking his legs out from under him. And then I kicked his leg out from under him one last time. He kind of like hit down on his elbow and I kicked him in the chest backwards. He turned over and started running and he took off running over to where the CO was. The CO was just standing there watching the whole thing, didn't do anything. I got blood like splurting out of my neck. It's just like all hot, warm blood all down the side of me. And I looked down and I seen that there was so much blood and I'm like, fuck. And I like put my hand to my neck and I could feel it like trying to splurt out my fingers. And I was like, fuck. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking die. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm thinking in my head. So I went to go try to look in the mirror in the house and the CEOs were like, get on the ground, get on the ground, get on the ground. I'm like, listen, man, all that fucking listening and getting on the ground shit's out the window now. I'm not getting on the ground. I'm going to see if I'm okay, if I'm going to live. So I ran up to the front door and one of the COs locked the door so I couldn't go in. So I could see my reflection in the mirror of like of it's like a tinted window. And I could see that my ear was like hanging down by like a thread of skin. And I fucking like felt it. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, you cut my motherfucking ear off. And I just started snapping out. And uh, the COs were coming over and it took them like. I don't know, 10 minutes or something for them to get to me. And when they got to me, all they brought was fucking paper towels. And they like were trying to like some ladies like trying to hold this blood in. And I'm like, get out of the way, lady. Let me do it. Like, so I held my neck like as tight as I could and felt like I was going to pass out. And I got up inside the um, medical facility. And when I got in there, they were like, oh, yeah, we'll call your family. We'll tell them what's going on. They never did. They never called my family, never told them I almost died. They, I waited, and they life-flighted me in a helicopter to Columbia University. They were going to take me to, like, a like a little, what are those little hospitals, those little things on the side of the road? Like They're not urgent Yeah, care. like an urgent care is where they wanted to take me. But I told them, I said, I want to go to a trauma it's center. For, like, if you get Because I'm, like, I'm literally, like, losing consciousness. You know what I mean? I'm, like, falling out. I'm, I'm like, waking up and realizing that I'm, like, passing out. And they're like, uh, I'm glad you said that because they were going to make you go to an urgent care. We're going to fly you to Columbia, Missouri. So I got into a helicopter and I got in this thing and it was like a freaking, it was like a Dodge Neon of all helicopters. It was crap. I'm sitting there like it's shaking so bad. I'm like laying down. I'm like, I'm going to die in this fucking helicopter. You know what did I mean? They have bl- did they have like an uh, they I- were They had some kind of IV with blood or whatever, but I don't know if they were putting it in me or what they were doing, but that they had like extreme pressure on you me. You had to have been losing a lot they of They had blood. some guy that was like on top of me, put me, they gave me some kind of shot or something. I don't remember what all they what were What camp doing. was this at? This was at Bowling Green, NECC, Missouri. <laughs> and then I got to Columbia University and it was like 12 like smoking hot nurses ran in i haven't seen girls in like two three years they come in one girl like grabs my penis and like holds my pants down and i'm like what the fuck is going on and they start cutting my clothes off they strip me down um just like my hands are handcuffed one girl's like standing there with her whole 
thing in my hand. I'm like, this, I'm going to get in trouble for this shit. It was crazy. And then they took me in. They were like, we're going to go ahead and sew you up. And then they put this thing over my face and I passed out and I woke up and they sewed me it, up. It's cool shit. that even in the midst of all this trauma, you can find the silver lining. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> <Hot> nurse grabbing <laughs> my dick. <clears throat> it was wild. <clears throat> Did they send you back to Bowling Green? Yeah, so I sat in the hospital for about three or four days, and uh, then they sent me to Bowling Green, and they immediately put me in like the infirmary, which is like the whole slash medical facility. I sat there for about two days, and then they put me in the hole for ADSEG, which is like administrative segregation away from other people, and they sat me in there for about two or three months. I think it was like 90 days. Damn. I sat there. Yeah, so, fuck it. Damn. So after that Horrible. incident, um, what kind of disciplinary action? Is they don't discipline that? me. They didn't discipline me at all. They had video footage to see that the dude came up and did everything. They wanted to know what happened, but in there you can't really tell anybody no. what happened. So like if I were to go in there and be like, this guy fucking stabbed yeah. me, <clears throat> then I got to deal with all the repercussions of that. So, and you don't want to ruin a name you've made for yourself for the past 10 years. So you keep your mouth shut. But, um, the they only day. gave that guy eight years for stabbing me. The yeah. 90 days suck, too. Yeah, that 90 days fucking sucks. Yeah. I've done 26 months altogether in the hole out Woo. of all the time that I've done in prison. So, two You years. want to explain the hole to them, to people? Basically, the hole is uh, disciplinary or somewhere that... It's like a... It's a cell. It's a regular cell that they would normally put you in, except for it's in a house where no movement is done. You're stuck in the cell. The door is closed at all times. You don't have control over lights or anything. You have a toilet in there. You have a really shitty mirror that you can't see anything, and everybody scratches up, and you got two bunks. You share it with another person unless they put you in there by yourself. Um, they bring your food. They slide it through a chuck hole. Nobody ever cleans the place. It's completely disgusting. Um, if the toilet floods, they just leave you in there. You know, They don't do anything about it until two days, three days later. Um, anytime you leave the hole... To go anywhere, you're fully handcuffed and shackled from the front and your feet with a strap around your waist. Uh, you're stuck in there until you go see a board that decides whether or not you're getting out. So you're just basically the only thing you get is like you can get mail. That's about it. No TV, no nothing. You get a roll of toilet paper and a towel uh, and your toothbrush. Uh, now, uh, I'm sure there's uh, more more to go into on that. But I, let me ask you something that kind of came up one time. Uh, when... When somebody goes to boot camp, that we talked about this. When somebody's going to go to boot camp, mm. everybody watches Full Metal Jacket before right. they go because it's like a <laughs> like a realistic depiction. You know, what what's a realistic depiction of what your experience is like? Um, there's 90 days in. I've seen uh, some of the newer seasons have been really realistic. Like uh, some of the ones where like they hold kangaroo court and stuff like that. Some of those things are super realistic. Um, just yeah those last ones were pretty much spot on especially with like how racism is alive in there and all those things what about like a classic old movie obviously you didn't have a shawshank redemption experience not really any of them really i mean the longest yard even though it was a comedy is pretty fucking simple cool hand luke wasn't what you saw right no not really (laughs) no i mean there is a book out that's called the bloody or the 40 bloodiest 48 yards or something like that, which is actually about the old, uh, walls prison. Yeah. And it's about how everybody had to wear magazines wrapped around them, shit like that. And they were getting stabbed Excellent. on the regular nice 48 yards is actually like a walk to the chow hall through a hallway that was completely un, 
guarded by anybody and had no cameras and people were just getting killed left and right in there. And that's a book if you want to read it. Is uh is so Bowling Green is where you were. What, yeah, what, Bowling Green what, is what, like what? a level three, level four, which is like a minimum like a medium type of prison, basically. But nowadays since everything's so fucked up, they're just cramming people in there and it's way understaffed. So you've got people in there, you know, you could be you could have uh DWI and be in there with a guy that killed thirty people, you know. Holy shit. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna Call Uber. I've had sure. a couple murders for Sally's. Yeah, a few of them actually. <clears throat> uh, and uh, was all your time done in Bowling Green? Uh, no, I've done pretty. I've been to pretty much every camp in the state of Missouri. Algoa, Pacific, Moberly, Crossroads, um, pretty much everywhere. Have you been to the workhouse on Hall Street? I have been there. I have not like uh, done longer than like a month. I think there. I think I did something like that. <clears throat> Um, so, uh, so you've had some pretty, uh, interesting, uh, stories outside of prison too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, a big wreck happened out in front of the shop the other day when I was tattooing, I had to pull a little girl out of a car that was on fire. Yeah. That that was was on Facebook. That's crazy. That one was wild. I actually, I was just in there tattooing on one of my regulars wives, his wife, not wives. Uh, I was tattooing on her and, um, he was outside smoking a cigarette and he came diving in the door and like dove into the floor and was like, get away from the wall. There's a wreck. And like, I just heard like a car, like, like bending metal and a loud bang. And I was like, Oh shit. So I jumped back away from the wall and I pulled her back behind me and nothing hit the building. And I was waiting for something like hit the building. Nothing happened. I ran outside. When I went outside, it was like, I seen a wreck against like right out front. It was like, yeah, that's it. it. Oh no, that no, that's what the car looked like though. At the time I had to shoulder the story that's on its side. No, you can look at it on my page if you want, but yeah, it was on its side like that. I actually had to shoulder the car over to where I could get her out. And, uh, it was wrecked into like a drainage ditch. He had hit, a Jeep Grand Cherokee and a Ford Focus. He hit the Jeep Grand Cherokee going about 80, 90 miles an hour from behind. He turned the Jeep Grand Cherokee into a ramp and ramped over the top of it. He probably went about seven or eight feet in air, landed back on the ground, and then spun sideways and slid about 20 feet until he wrecked into the front of the shop. And uh, I ran out there, and when I came out, it wasn't on fire, but as I walked out the door, it just went and like lit on fire the whole hood was gone there was gasoline all over the ground it was like lighting up underneath the car and it was lighting up on the front of the car and the car was full of smoke the airbags were deployed and i was looking up the car was on its side basically it was kind of at a 70 degree angle and the passenger window was against the ground and the driver's side window was up in the air. And I looked in and I seen a person and I seen some shit moving around and there was smoke and the guy wasn't getting out of the car. So I was like, maybe he's knocked out. So I yanked the door, the door open and two dogs like dove out at me. And like, I thought they were like going to bite me or something. They like jumped at me like real fast and I moved out of the way and they took off running and the guy was in there and I pulled him out and he just like put his hands in his hair and he was like, what the fuck did I do? What did I do? And he was like, what? My dogs are just going to run away. My dogs are just going to run away. And I'm like, I guess bro. And they took off running and I was like, and then the guy that was there that seen the wreck, that was my client. He's like, 
everybody get back. It's going to blow. And I'm like, oh, shit. And it, like, was way more on fire. And I was like, well, I kept hearing something, like, screaming, like, muffled screams. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I, like, looked. Everybody else ran away. And I looked down in it. And, like, the fire was coming up out of the window. And I was trying to look down. And I seen, like what might have been her elbow, I guess. And it was like a little bit of flesh that I seen. And I was like, oh shit, there's a fucking kid in here. And she was in the front seat strapped in. The seat was bent completely around her, like cocooning her into the car. And everything was bent this way. And for some reason, the, the, the seat was bent the opposite way. It was so weird. And it almost like protected her in like a little shell, I guess. And when I got over there, I couldn't get through the window because the front was smashed down. The hood was there. The, the top of the car was smashed down to where I couldn't reach in. So I had to like shoulder the car until it teetered over the car teetered back down. And then I could see through the window and the seat was in the way. So I was trying to wrench the seat back and I couldn't unlift, get the lever to work. So I just kind of like yanked it back with my strength and she was sitting in there and I went to lift her out and I'm like, are you okay? And she was just screaming and I like put my hands on her and I tried to lift her and I couldn't get her out. And I realized she had like a seatbelt or something on her. So I was like, I'm going to unhook the seatbelt. I'm going to get you out of here. Don't worry. And the flames were like coming in at us and it was hot as fuck. And like her seatbelt was on fire and she got like burns on her chest from the seatbelt being on fire and melting on her. And I just yanked that part of the seatbelt out and pulled the seatbelt strap through. And, uh, then I looked down and her legs were gone and I was like, fuck dude. And I thought maybe her legs had got crushed and I was like, are your legs okay? Can you feel your legs? And she just kept screaming and I was like, I'm going to move your legs. And I like reached in and somehow she had like ended up, her body was in the glove box. She went through the glove box and like into the engine compartment. That's where her body went. So she was like halfway waist down into the glove box. So I had to like pull her out of the glove box. I get her out of the glove box and I get her up on my shoulder and I just took off running to the to the shop. And she was like, oh, my God, my car. How are we going to get home? And I'm like, don't worry, baby. I'm going to take you home. Don't worry. I'll take you home. Don't worry about the car. And the guy, her dad, just fucking never came over to me. I had her for like 45 minutes. I brought her in. I sat her down. She had blood coming out of her mouth. I cleaned her mouth up. I checked her teeth out. I felt on her jaw. I checked her head. I checked her arms. I checked her legs. I made sure she was fine and didn't have anything broken. And she literally got out of there with like scrapes and burns. And that was it, bro. And literally, like if you looked at the car, it looked like she would have been just fucking demolished. Like if it was a grown person, they would have been dead for sure. His side of the car was completely fine. Her side of the car was fucked. So he had like a five-year-old girl in the front seat of a car drinking and driving um, so that's why the accident happened. He was drunk. yeah, he was drinking and driving. I think he might have been on heroin or something and like passed out because he said he was looking down for a lighter and ended up smoking him. But he had passed some older lady going about ninety and was swerving all over the road before. And they were going in the same direction even, and he hit him going like 90 and ramped over and then that guy never even came over and asked if she was okay except for one time like 45 minutes later and he walked over and he goes are you okay baby and she was like yeah daddy and then he like fist bumped her and walked away that's a crazy and i was like what a bitch ass dude oh my god first of all if i had gotten into a wreck with my daughter the first thing i would have done is i would have came to and looked for my daughter i would have grabbed her and i would have got the fuck out like there's no way i would have jumped out of a car worried about a dog more than i'm worried about my daughter. yeah you're not drinking and driving with your kid in the car though. <clears throat> yeah i'm like, not doing yeah, that either a piece for of sure. shit yeah so uh <clears throat> wow man so um yeah you you 
clearly uh, went out of your way to 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 uh, handle that situation like an absolute fucking Thanks. G. Yeah, I just don't um, feel like it was like a hero thing. Like a lot of people were texting me and saying you're a hero, and like the firefighters from the town came up and talked to me and was like, thank you, and their uh, family came. And now, now, um, it's both though, man. Like, uh, you, you people should do that. Yeah, that's how I felt. I but, felt like that was my. But job what you did was fucking heroic. Thanks. Like people, that, more, that's more, the people difference. should do that in the moment. But that, because people don't, it is fucking heroic. Yeah, they like everybody else ran. It felt like, and it was like I thought that like it, there was no thought in my mind to do anything other than what I did, and I just feel like that's just who I am. I guess all about that action, baby. Um, so uh, somebody who who was who obviously did something that is man, uh, that's a, that's a great story. Uh, but but you've done some things to get in trouble too. Oh yeah, I've done a lot of bad things. I mean, <laughs> when I was younger, I was just <clears throat> hanging out with kids. Like I didn't feel like I felt I fit in. I had an abusive childhood. I was abused by an alcoholic father figure. Um, went through a lot of mental, physical stress. Like I feel like I had ulcers at the time, like three and four. I used to just hide under my bed, you know, and just wait until he made me come out, you know, type shit. And uh. I felt like, you know, when I got older, I didn't really fit in. I had red hair, shit like that. And I just had a weird thoughts in my head. He made me feel like I wasn't like good enough to be around people and people wouldn't like me. And I was real timid around new people. So when I found a group of people that did feel like I felt fed, fit in, they were all stealing shit and smoking weed and doing drugs. And I just, me being like, hey, I want to be the best at everything I do, just uh, like tried to be good at doing shit they were fucking doing. Yeah. And I ended up getting into a lot of trouble doing that shit. And, you know, it's like, it was a portion of my life that I, it's not that I regret doing it. I feel bad for doing it. At the time, I didn't really relate to how my actions affected other people. And and doing what? Do you mind if I Like ask? stealing out of cars. I used to go steal out of cars. I used to sell drugs. I used to do a lot of things that weren't necessarily what a normal person should do. How old were you the first time you went to prison? Uh, the first time I went to prison, I was 18. Yeah, I and just turned. Uh, you're you're probably are you friends with the cops that you used to uh, actually associate yeah with I tattoo now? on a lot of the COs <laughs> the same ones yeah from the-, from the prison yeah I tattoo yeah. on a lot of the COs I've tattooed on <laughs> judges I've tattooed on a judge I've tattooed on multiple law enforcement officers I've tattooed on a prosecutor a lawyer um all so, sorts of stuff. Uh, so all those all those cops in uh o'fallon they probably know who you are yeah they all knew who i was they hated me growing up it was cops and robbers back then you know but <laughs> nowadays you know they pull me over they see i got my kid in the car i got my wife i got lots you know i'm i'm i got everything in order i do everything i'm supposed to do you know i'm looking for the next right thing to do not the next wrong thing to do right so, yeah definitely yeah um yeah, so so uh so uh is life less interesting for you now that that you're not searching for that excitement anymore? I mean, sometimes it feels like I don't know who I am because I built this persona of like a bad boy persona for the longest time and it feels like everybody knew me as that and then now I'm like this dad every day or this tattoo artist. And it just sometimes it feels like I lost myself, but I'm not upset that I lost who that was, you know? Yeah. Well, now like they're well. As long as you don't mind talking about them, now they're stories. Yeah, they're you know, stories of my life for sure. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, interesting, crazy stories? Uh, man. I mean, I've I've heard you tell some good ones, man. <laughs> yeah, I've done I wouldn't a even lot know where things, to start man. with the stuff you I know. You've told me. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I've done a lot of things. I mean, like I was in a situation where my buddy hit three people with his car. We went to a party, and I um 
walked in and my buddy's girlfriend was cheating on him with this guy named schnoz <laughs> and uh that meant he had a big nose and i was drunk and i seen this guy had a huge nose and i was like hey look nick it's schnoz and i had a i had when i walked in i walked in with a ski mask i had a ski mask on so everybody was like who's COVID, this fucking dude know, in the for, ski mask this COVID. is back when i was 18 but yeah <laughs> covid to 18 <laughs> so uh <clears throat> yeah i had this mask on and everybody was like who the fuck's in the mask blah 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 so i took the mask off and somebody was like mike snarzik we don't like mike snarzik you gotta leave and i'm like all right fuck it so i was leaving anyway because the party was whack it was a bunch of fucking dudes you know and it's kind of uh, like hanging out here they made you take your fucking shoes off when you came in i'm like what kind of fucking party <laughs> it was is an this? asian household you know what i'm saying so i'm like leaving and uh Somebody threw a fucking beer and it went flying past us and shit. And somebody like punched me in the back of the head. So I went to turn around and grab him. The dude took off running. And then I took my beer and just chucked it into the party. Like, and it went flying through and spilling beer or everybody. We were parked and like in front of the house was like a big cul-de-sac. Like you had to go up in the cul-de-sac, come back around to leave. And we were parked facing into the cul-de-sac and we tried to get in the car and everybody like came out to try to jump us. So I was fighting like three dudes. My buddy's over there fighting two dudes. There's like a seven foot tall dude over there fighting one of my buddies. And the uh, my other buddy, Kyle's just sitting Indian style on the ground in front of his car, not doing anything, not helping, not doing nothing. So we ended up fighting our way back to the car. And when we got in the car, Kyle got into the driver's seat. I got into the back and Nick got into the front and we pulled up. We went about 30 flying up into the cul-de-sac, turned back around, and we're driving in a Dodge Daytona, which was like built to go against the Shelby Mustang back in the day. And uh, it was a five or six feet, I forget. And he put it into like second gear and went about 40 or 50, and everybody formed a line to like block us all off. And when he did, Kyle, having been through a lot of trauma, he got beat up in a parking lot one time, had his jaw broke and almost died and shit. And I guess he just kind of wigged out and he fucking didn't stop. And three people decided they weren't going to move. And we hit those three people going about 40 miles an hour. And I just remember seeing like one fly straight up in the air. The other guy fly up straight in the air. And the other guy like fly straight into the side of a SUV. And then we took off and left. And we went the wrong way. So when we turned back around, we were actually stuck in like the mob of people that were chasing us. And uh, we were like driving away and they were like looking for another car and we were right in the middle of them. And uh, we ended up getting away and we got arrested for that. And uh, Kyle ended up getting a lot of time for that. But I ended up not getting in trouble because I didn't run anybody over. But uh, you, that was well, a crazy thing. I, I think you I think you told me a interesting story about uh, the cops when when they came to get you one time when um, I guess you were with Haley at the time. Um, they. uh Maybe it wasn't that. When they kicked my door in with the... Right. Yeah, um, this last time they had the warrant out in my cousin's name because our names are very similar. My name's Mike Snarzik. His name was Mike Snarzik. And uh, they had it in the wrong name, so I was going to and from the probation office. Some kids tried to rob me, basically. I was I was running a roofing company. I was selling roofs, and I was paying all of our door knockers. And when I would pay them on Friday, I would bring them money in cash in a big bag, a bank bag. And I would often have lots of money from other customers in the bag. And I would basically do tattoos on them illegally at the time. I wasn't licensed or trying to be licensed. I didn't know anything about being licensed. So I would basically get their whole paycheck back. And I would do the tattoos on them and get all the money back. So I was making a lot of money doing that too. <clears throat> and uh, they knew that I had a lot of money on me. So they had this one kid named Tyler Wilburn come up to me and... He uh, tried to rob me with an unloaded 9mm. It was silver with a like a wooden handle. 
and he was waving it in my face and he was laughing and he was telling me to come off that bag, come off that bag. And I was like, what are you going to shoot me? And I kept tattooing. And when he looked over at his friend and was laughing, he had the gun in my face. I grabbed his wrist and I grabbed his body and I picked him up and I slammed him on his head as hard as I could. And when I did, I guess he like passed out and I punched him. And uh, when I did, I just felt like wet mouth because he wasn't moving, you know, and I was like, okay, so this guy's out. And I looked over at the other dude and it, the girl and they grabbed my bag and they took off running. And when they took off running, I chased them and I tried to chase them and I couldn't catch them. They were like way ahead of me and they kept running and running and running. And they ran off into a mobile home and they ran off like into a mobile home park and they ran into a mobile home. And they were like screaming shit out the window as I was coming down the street. And then I went up to the door and I went and I put my ear to the door. And when I did, the guy yanked the door open. In his statement, he says he was going to try to stab me with the buck knife he had on him. And uh, when he opened the door, I just punched him right in the face and dropped him. And uh, he hit the ground. I walked in. And when I walked in to find the people that were in there that robbed me, there was like a seven or eight year old girl in there. And she screamed. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I turned around. And I left. I didn't take my bag. I didn't take anything. And they gave me a fucking burglary yeah. for that. Gave me a first fucking degree, burglary for that. Degree first degree fucking burglary yeah. for that. And it, and there was, these kids are fucking robbing me with a fucking pistol. You know what I'm saying? So, Missouri, stand your ground. Uh, I should have been able to do that. But me having a pass like I do, the prosecutors weren't trying to hear none of that. Yeah. They didn't even ask me my side of the story. The cops never came at the time that I knew of. Well, I guess they did come and talk to them. So, they thought maybe I had called the cops, I guess. So, they tried to give them the story of what had happened, even though they would have never even known what was going on. So, they tried to say that I tried to rob them or some whatever the fucking shit they told them. And uh, they gave them all fake names and shit. So there really wasn't even anybody to go to court, but they were forcing me into trial. But at the time, it had been two years. I had met my wife. I had We had gotten pregnant. We got married. I was living a completely different life. I wasn't doing anything wrong. And then now I got these warrants out for me, and I didn't even know. So <clears throat> the cops came to my house, and uh, they were in plain clothes, and they were U.S. Marshals. They were in plain clothes. They were in, like, an SUV, two big, ginormous fucking dudes jump out of the car. They're ripping my cameras off my house. They're banging on my door. They're trying to kick my door in. And I'm not answering the door. I got a pregnant wife in here with a, a couple of my friends. I don't even know what's going on. At the time, I didn't even know I had warrants. And uh, they're yelling for me to come out, so I don't. Well, after they left, um, I went out on the front porch to fix the cameras and I heard like a buzzing and it was like bzzz. and I looked up and there was a fucking drone right there they were using a drone to like watch and see if they could spot me in what, the house what year was this this was uh two wait is uh, it was 2018 yeah that's that's this is why Shawshank Redemption doesn't translate right to you know what I mean <laughs> so like as soon as that I seen that drone I heard like a car flying and then i heard the sirens kick on so they i realized they were fucking cops i'm like oh shit these are cops so they come down to the house they're banging on the doors and everything they're trying to come in me being a, at the time i was like trying to like hold on to whatever last bit of freedom i had at the time and i didn't want to answer the fucking doors you know so i waited and i chilled and i hung out until they had a swarm of cops outside my house and then they kicked my front door in well my back door actually they kicked my back door in and I walked out with my hands up and uh, I was just staring down the barrel of like 20 guns and all I could see. I could literally see straight down the fucking The same barrels. cops you've seen. Yeah. Over yeah. Well, over. no, I never seen these guys. These are St. Charles County cops and uh, some U.S. Marshals and shit. So then they took me into the cop car and the guy came back and he's like, 
I hope you never see your kid born, and I hope this, and I hope that, and he sounded like he made was, a script. Uh, Haley was <laughs> pregnant with Haley was pregnant with Lila, yeah, at okay. the time, and then I got out, and ever since then, I've I ended up bonding out and shit, and I've just lived the straight and narrow ever since I've ever since I married or got with Haley. I've literally even before that I wasn't never used drugs. I stopped doing everything I was doing that was wrong, and uh, I just that one incident that I had ended up sending me back to prison for another two years. Um, uh, very interesting stories. Uh, Mike Snarzik here with us. I'm going to do a rapid fire. Uh, I'm going to, I'll just, I'll just say something. Uh, if you, if you have an opinion or a thought about it, say it. If cool. not, no big deal. I'll do the same thing with Danny. <laughs> kind of go back and forth. Uh, I'll start with, uh, Danny, Danny, uh, the Island boys. I'm an island boy. I'm an island boy. I mean, I like them motherfuckers. I fuck with them. <laughs> I ain't listening to the music shit, but I, I, I they, get your hustle on, kid. They have they have music. Yeah, yeah. I'm an island boy. All right, all right. My they thoughts, try. man. I mean, that's cool that they're getting some fame out of it, but they do not look like my style. <laughs> um, it's wild that kids are just tattooing but, their faces hey, like this. They, they were locked up from like 13 to 15, 18. Most yeah, of, it makes sense. Yeah, the, this makes is sense. a good one for Mike. Mike, you ever done uh, face tattoos? Oh, yeah, I love like doing that? face tattoos. And I don't charge that much to do them. A lot of people charge a lot of money to do it. I like to. I just like to do them. Hey, do uh, uh, images. I want to see the uh, the face. Oh, there they are. There's the face He's tattoos. got like a Kodak black, uh, Kodak black um like an eagle thing on his face or something. Oh, they just got a ridiculous amount. They're not even good. No, it looks they like they did most of them themselves up for sure. Or in the juvenile center. Yeah, that's probably where they got them for sure. Um, now, uh, let's see. How how old do you think those guys are? They're like twenty or something. Yeah, twenty, I think. Twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, something like that. But uh, like their dad, their dad would die when they were little as fuck. Their mom raised them single mom and shit. Yeah, you know a lot about them, I Yeah, because I fucking watched all that. I got I found them on the show. Lane yeah. hooked me up. So then when it popped up my uh, TikTok feeds, so when it did that, I went and Googled some shit on them. Mm. And like once you hear them talk when they're not trying to be this. Right, yeah. They seem kind of like. Their, t- their story's a little fucking. They're a little more well-spoken than I thought they were. For yes. Sure. Are they? Uh, they're from Florida, is that right? Uh uh, I believe uh, I believe Looks Brock like from Only in Lima kind of they're from an island. Yeah, I, th- I thought they were from Hawaii. <laughs> so uh, did I. Uh, <laughs> uh, a quote from Brock: uh, "They're illiterate kids from Florida," <laughs> and he called it. Uh, he, and that's when he said Florida was they're the Lima of the United States. Yeah, they're jits. <laughs> so I I don't know where they're from. Let's see. They straight are off from, the porch. Do we have an answer? Uh, well, he'll he'll get back to that. Uh, Fact check Steve will let us know when he... Uh, oh, it says Palm Beach or West Palm Beach, Florida. So why are they called the Island Boys? I guess we don't know. Because they have that song. I'm just an island boy. Oh, it's based off their song. Yeah. Okay, cool. So are they... Uh, I wonder if they have more uh, Facebook followers than we do, Danny, on the right lane. Yes. Uh, okay, maybe a little. Uh, all right. Um, Stefaninos. Mike. Mm, fire. Yep. Yeah, you say Stefaninas or Stefaninos? Isn't it Stefan uh, Stefaninas? Stefaninas, that's right. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's good. I, I mean, their spaghetti's whack. I think. Well, it's more of their a pizza sauce. place. Yeah, it's I more mean, like the ta- real Italian sauces. Like when I went to like Chicago and like New York and stuff, when I had them, they weren't like real flavorful. Like the real, like I was at restaurants that like real famous people were going to and had pictures all over the wall, and I felt like the sauces were real gross. I don't know. Right. Uh, in comparison to, to emos 
Oh, Emo's is crushing them, I think. But they have really good pizza for sure. And they're cheap, man. Like, I remember when I was... And they deliver. I don't know if you guys knew Stephanie's? that. Stephanie's? Well, delivers. not down here they don't. Oh, they do out no Fallon. And, <laughs> like, I would spend, like, 30 bucks, and literally they bring me, like, boxes of food, bro. <laughs> well, they do no Fallon, motherfucker. So eat your heart out. I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Danny is, uh, doesn't know Stephanie's. He's a, a true South Sider. Uh, Danny, thoughts on Emo's? Oh, fire. The, the most delicious pizza Emo's is ever. great, man. It's the best cracker you'll ever eat. So fucking good. I hate it when people are like, I don't like emos. It's oh, like, what the fuck? I agree with you. Or when they're like, I don't like toasted raviolis. Well, you'd rather have a fucking soft ravioli because that shit's <laughs> gross. <laughs> toasted uh, ravioli should be like a all around the world thing. Uh, Cybergs, Mike. Cybergs. I've never eaten there. I see the sign oh, all the time. You're missing out. Am I? I've heard. I've, it's always packed. Thought about going. Last time I stayed in the hotel with my family, I seen it across the street. I was going to get it. You should, you should definitely try that. Maybe I'll go tonight. Uh, uh, I assume you have Netflix. Everybody has. Netflix. I do. Uh, uh, so Netflix's response to the Ch- Chappelle controversy. Um, what is the controversy? The the controversy was that he was uh, transphobic, and this yeah. Net- Netflix uh, didn't uh, f- you know bow to the demands of the uh, woke employees of. Uh, yeah. I just don't understand why people want to pretend like we weren't shaped into these people that were homophobic and all this stuff. Like we were shaped as a culture into people that felt that way. Like we were taught these things. These aren't things that are just in your brain. Like you're taught these things. Things are on TV. Things are in the things that you like. People that you look up to or like on TV say things and then you develop these personality traits and feelings about things because you see other people doing it. It's not like we just came up with the shit on our own. I feel like that was just how it was. When I was younger, people didn't like gay people. They were like, you know, you seen a gay dude, you called him gay or something. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it is today. Like I noticed that in my nieces and nephews as they were growing up, like the gay, the gay kids were the cool kids. You know what I mean? They were like, they got mad if you said something bad to him. You know what I mean? That wasn't how it was when we were kids. So I don't understand why they're trying to hold all this shit against these people from back then. That's just how the world was. Were you going to fucking kill everybody that didn't feel that way? Right. You know, and everybody's entitled to their own opinions, you know, but you don't have to go out and fucking voice it. A, a whole lot of looking back, you know. <clears throat> yeah, at for the, sure. Yeah, you know. But what cost my really biggest thing, I wasn't forward. even tripping about him being homophobic. I feel like he's more racist towards white people now, if you ask me. I notice a lot of racism towards white people coming out a lot out of these guys. And like, he wasn't really like that too much when I was younger and watching him. But like now he's like referring to white people and being on heroin and the bad whites and the heroin addict whites. He, and he does a lot of that. It's like, he's trying to like, now it's okay. You know, back in the day when it was like Eddie Murphy and shit like that on there, it wasn't like they didn't make fun of white people because they thought it would affect their sales and shit. Now it's like fucking cool to do that shit. I, I think, uh, I, I think, uh, white people were the brunt of a lot of jokes uh, from black comedians over yeah, like ever I mean, since like the back 70s. in the and, no, and, but it never of, hurt yeah. my feelings. I don't some I don't of them care. back then. Yeah, I, I think it's I funny. Think, I laugh yeah, about it the is, shit. It, I don't if it's sit comedy, and let it it's comedy. Hurt me. I mean, it's context is what you got to use. That's yeah. I just that feel like do. they're doing it a lot more for uh, sure. I mean, I don't, the white male is made fun of and talked shit about more than any anything out there right now. Yeah anything Straight out there right now. now yeah I, I don't i don't care about it uh there but when you say context and ju- like there has to be another the other side like everything has a yin and a yang some like bill burr does a really good job of it he's about the only white person that's out there that does this that gets laughs 
by making fun of black people as well. <clears throat> uh, there's not. A, there's not. Well, and that's because that. he's married to a black girl. You know. Yeah. It is. Uh, well, there's also Gary Oldman. But too. he got a lot of trouble for that shit yeah, too. But, but somebody like him he doesn't it's, care. It's, it's hard to cancel going. people like that. Like Dave Chappelle is hard it's to cancel. Stupid. Why they've always are we been canceling doing people? Who like, gives a fuck? Like yes, let I, shit I be funny, that. dude. Well, you cancel yourself when you say sorry. That's for yes. Damn that's for fuck shit. That is no doubt. Uh, that 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 means you didn't you don't stand by what you said but, or, or I mean that you don't know jokes, what you jokes meant are when jokes you said though like, like comedians, jokes are jokes comedians dude. are just the man. look at Daniel Tosh he acts like he's gay all the time he's not gay he's a really smoking hot girlfriend you know what I'm saying it's like I don't know about Tosh. Oh, <laughs> Anthony Jeselnik has yeah, a special that called... That dude's uh, fucking awesome. Uh, his special, uh, Fire in the Maternity Ward, everybody check it out. It is absolutely hilarious. He's It's one of those one-liner things, kind of like Mitch Hedberg style. But he's a, it's, really it's all dark shit. The thing I didn't like yeah. about the Dave Chappelle thing was he was literally on there telling people, I'm just joking. Like he was literally like clarifying that he was joking when he was talking about controversial things. And it's like, that's pretty fucking sad that we're looking at our comedians these days and they have to tell you that they don't mean what the fuck they're saying. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, why can't you just say funny stuff? And if you feel like uh, upset about it, don't watch it. You know what I'm saying? Why do we got to attack people and try to ruin their careers and shit? I feel like there's just people out there that literally focus more on negativity than positivity. And they're just out to attack people. They'll literally wait till you say one fucking thing that even sounds like it could be controversial and then they'll make it fucking controversial. He has two jokes that are fucking hilarious and they're about black people. The Jesse Smollett thing where he's talking uh, Juicy Smollett. Yeah, where he whatever his fucking <laughs> name is, Where he knows but we know black people weren't defending him and you know why? Because ain't no brother walking through Chicago at 10, 3 o'clock in the morning eating Subway. Uh, in December or yeah, whatever, whatever the fuck right. it was. And then uh, uh, the other one about the uh, saying uh, he can say the N-word on fucking TV but he can't say the F word. Right. And she's like, well, Dave, that's because you're not gay. And he was like, well, I'm not an N either. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mike, Red Hot Ripplets. Fire. Hell yeah. What do you mean? Oh, the consensus. So fire. <laughs> consensus. Uh, Mike, Ted Drews. Ted Drews is cool. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they they got good concretes for sure that are actually concretes. I've been ordering concretes lately in the summer, and it's like you can pour them out of the cup. Like, what is that? Uh, Danny, it's the most overrated thing that St. Louis has to offer. I already knew what he was going to say. Um, hey, uh, Mike, uh, the only Lee May Facebook page. You, I have you never fear? even looked at it. Is it dope? It's got thirty-one thousand followers. It's Florida. That's cool. It's a, it's Florida basically. It's a Facebook page <coughs> dedicated to a place just like Florida. Uh, same subject, different page. The end is near. Let's drink beer. Oh, I love it. I tattoo on Brandon McNamee. Brandon's the shit. Um, the people that are on that thing are funny as hell. I'm actually a member of that group. Uh, it's very popular. Very popular. It's got over 100,000. Yeah, he was showing me his um, He was showing me his phone. There's like literally like 17,000 people or more trying to be like, like request to be in the group and shit. Well, he doesn't let a lot of people in a lot of times because like when he does let a lot of people in, it's like they try to attack the page and it just gets ridiculous sometimes. Uh, that explains why he didn't respond to my messages. It's possible. <laughs> uh, give a shout out to him for us when you get a chance. Yeah, I will. I'll definitely tell him you said what's up. Um, let's see. Uh, let's go, Brandon. Are you familiar with the let's, uh, go, let's go, Brandon. Brandon? No, I am not. Okay. Well, I'll move on from that one. Shit you see in Lima. Uh, 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 Hodak's chicken. 
Hodak's chicken. I've never eaten there. Everybody keeps telling me about it. It's supposed to be fire. Yeah, it's pretty good. Danny, thoughts? You, 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 ain't missing like you ain't missing nothing. If you're coming, I feel like fried chicken's just overrated. If anyway. you're driving, <laughs> it's fish breaded chicken. So if you're, if you're driving all the way from I've actually Fuck made days, that shit myself. It, it's okay. It's not bad. But the St. Louis people are like go nuts over it. So, really? But if you're driving all the way from St. Charles down here, go to Cyberg's. The fish... Fish bread seasoning chicken. is so much better. Oh, I feel like, man. See, you might be one of those people then. I don't know. I'm a pass I tried on. it at the house. I nah, had it, and that was all I had. And I was like, shit, eat, I'm making Get the this. country fried steak. And it was fire. Uh, uh, <clears throat> My Danny. wife loves chicken fried steak. That's mm. the fire there. Danny, uh, you are a drinker. Um, hooch. Hooch is so oh, fire. Hold on, Danny. Hooch. I, and I couldn't even tell you the last time I, when I've had it to even have a real comparison. My, what? Yeah. Oh man, I've had litter. Listen, man, hooch has evolved. <laughs> when I was younger, it was like it's so good. When I was younger, it was literally like you made it in a bottle. Yeah. Now they're literally like making it. They're like running one line, like a tube through one toilet into another cell into another toilet so they can cool it. Oh, they're doing no, crazy I've never shit. Had hooch, so I've never had hooch. <clears throat> I'm talking what it was shit called. faced in the wing. Yeah. People beating the shit out of each I, other. Uh, toilet bowl. I'm, I'm gonna have to pass on that. Toilet bowl they don't make alcohol. it in the toilet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but my, if I was there, I, yeah. I guess they have some that they do. Uh, Danny, uh, favorite prison movie? Oh, Shawshank Redemption is the greatest movie ever. Not just prison no, movie. No, man. Ever. Mike. Uh, my favorite prison movie is uh, got Val Kilmer in it and the dude that played the first Hulk. Uh, his name was... Lou Ferrigno. No, is No, the... Like first oh, uh, Marvel one. Oh, what starts it? with a B or something. Oh, uh, it's, uh, Christian Bale, I think his name was, and it's called uh, Chopper. It's called Chopper. It's Chopper? fucking great. You, you gotta watch it. it he gets stabbed up and shit, and there he's like stabbed on his face, and like smokes coming out of his face. He's smoking <laughs> a cigarette, dying and shit. He's like, you bloody fucking wanker. <laughs> he's like stabbing him up, and he's like, what's gotten into you, mate? <laughs> it's crazy. Are you dude. familiar with Bronson? <laughs> Oh, Charles Bronson. It's called yeah. Chopper. Yes. Oh, have you seen yeah. the movie? I don't Bronson? know if it's Val Kilmer. It might not be Val Kilmer. It might be. Oh, uh, I couldn't. I'm sure I have. It's got my dad was a bail. It's, it's it, Tom Hardy. It's one of his earlier roles. It's oh, I'm fucking cool. phenomenal. I'm kind of cool. Yeah, Tom it's Hardy. Got, I think it's got that dude. Yeah, check out the movie Bronson. It's very good. Bronson. Uh, the story about Charles Bronson is so. Whew, that's an interesting one. That's Danny, definitely thoughts about uh, right there, Charles Chopper. Bronson. Uh, my dad loved him. Death Wish one, two, three, four, five. Like we watched all that shit. Eighties uh, action f- films. I've seen all of them. Uh, Mike. Yeah. This sweater. That sweater is sexy. Yeah. See. Doing your thing, Grandpa. Right on. Danny, thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, I, the tape caught it. You might, you must have missed it, Grandpa. I, I say, <laughs> I say, Grandma. No, I forgot here. With he that. hates these things. Fruity. Uh, let's see. And that's a new one. That's a not. That's a third one. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a uh, uh, a line. I got a line going. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Favorite cereal. Uh, <laughs> where where did you live when you lived in South City, Mike? Uh, we lived on the hill. Uh, I think it was 37th Street or uh, something. Uh, I forget which one. I've never been there. Okay. Michael's? You ever been to Michael's? On uh, Manchester? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I know. That's, yeah, I was that's just how there we met. Uh, the other night. That's how we oh, met. Oh, you know what? Yeah. That is where. That's mm-hmm. where I met your mom. My mom met you, yeah. Yeah, this, uh, the reason I uh, uh, started going to Mike is because uh, I'm sitting there at the bar, and uh, 
And his mom just uh, one of the people at the bar. Young lady. No, she, she cleans she, for the owner. Yeah. Okay. She, she cleans she, her homes. She yeah. was talking about her son, <clears throat> who's this wonderful tattoo artist, literally sitting right next to me. And uh, I, I don't, I don't go out of my way to meet people and stuff. I'm sitting there. I'm by myself. I'm just like, literally, I don't try to you know make new friends and shit Ever. so so, uh, so she's telling the story about her son who's this good tattoo artist i'm like rolling my eyes and stuff yeah because i'm like yeah sure so hipster <laughs> up too so uh, so, so she's got it out on her phone and she's showing and at one point i do kind of peek over to see and i saw it and it was this fucking amazing portrait i was like holy shit and then i, I look and i'm like hold on a second can i do you mind if i see and, and I was blown away by the work that I saw, and that's man, how it started. Man. And I reached see, out yeah. to Mike. See what happens when you put yourself out there sometimes, though. She's like your manager, man. Yeah, that's yeah. I've gotten some customers from her. You're one of my. You're my favorite for sure. <laughs> Fuck definitely. Yeah, well, tell Cheryl I said hi, man. Oh, Cheryl, yeah, uh, I'll tell Hope her. she's a fan of the show. I I wonder if she's listening. I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah, we'll I'll uh, let her know. We'll we'll send her a copy for sure. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to uh, you wanted to cover? <clears throat> uh, just you know that I have availability. If people want to come and see me, they can reach out to our page at Jester Graphics, or they can reach out to my Facebook page, which is Mike Snarzik S N A R Z Y K. I'm on there. I have an Instagram also, but I don't really much check it. I need to get into it a little more. But uh, and then uh, my phone number and everything can be reached on those pages. You can message me, and I'll get you in there and get you something dope put on you. My specialty is in color, not color, but uh, black and gray realism, uh, or hyper-realism is what I like to do. I like to do portraits and uh, female faces, things like that. But I can do anything. If you want a color piece or you want a traditional piece or a neo-traditional, I can do anything. If I can look at it, I can do it, and I can also draw up and design things for you as well. Uh, Jester Graphics is spelled J E S T E R G R A P H I X, and it is located at four two nine East Main Street in Winfield, Missouri. And uh, there's there's a, a handful of other artists there too. Yeah, Joe, Mandy, Joey Findley, and Kayla Wilson. Yeah, um, we also have a piercer named Val Kaiser. And, uh, yeah, that's a pretty nice studio you guys have out there. And uh, just so everybody knows, I drive about an hour to get to Mike, and mm -hmm. uh, and it's well worth the drive. Absolutely. I'm so, going to make it worth it for you. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll work with anybody with, uh, with, with any kind of idea. Um, uh, like I said, I, I came to you with just some real kind of abstract kind of vague wild idea yeah. um a chick's face with a snake wrapped around her neck and the mm -hmm. snake looking right at her blood yeah. uh squirting out and we did that badass so. south st louis uh, yeah. tattoo oh yeah the, the south city that tattoo with the with the arch and all tattoo. that man I'm, I'm super i'm super proud of the work that i have for mike yeah. and uh anybody else uh, i know they will be too make sure that you check him out on his facebook page and, yes please uh, uh, Mike, man, thank you so much for coming out no here, problem. man. So happy that you uh, made it, and uh, yeah, um, sweet, love to do it again. Yeah, have uh, me back. Had a great time, man. Very much blessed. Thank you, thanks, uh, Danny. Thank you uh, as always, and uh, stand by, Steve. Thank you, guys. Superfan, Steve. Superfan. Thank you, guys, very much. Great. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Say goodbye to the old guy back cuz I'm too fly to ever fall off king of my city still running with the I'm an island boy I'm an island boy I mean I like them motherfuckers I fuck with them <laughs> <laughs>
Looking for the crown, tell them bitches come get it. R.I.P. Birds still rapping to the finish. Slick nigga, gifted. Hate me, but I'm still fly. God be my witness. I'm just so fresh. Ladies love me to death. Mommy, take those clothes off. I wanna see you up in this dress. Blessed by the most high. Mountaintop, no downslide. You ride, I ride. Together we fly. Most these niggas living, but they living the lie. Take the deep end, gon' peep in. Taking over season, see they need some shine. I'ma gon' shine, leave these niggas blind. Word to the prayer hands tatted on my kids' minds. Firstborn, I'm proud of you, dude. If I was you, I'd be mad at me too. But life goes on when it's a spiritual move. You can hear me for miles and miles and miles and miles 